Hey y'all, hey y'all, welcome to Diamond and Silk Chit Chat Live. I'm your host, Silk, and you are my co-host, my Diamond Dream Team. Welcome, you all. As Diamond would say, it takes a team to build a dream. So before I go any further, before we go further into the show, I want you to stop what you are doing and share. Share this broadcast, share this podcast. It's very imperative that you share tonight. Tonight, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different because I had the opportunity to look at this particular presentation. And I said, you know, it, it had some low numbers on it. So that means a lot of people did not see it from the place that I saw it at. But I couldn't find it anywhere else. And I said, you know what? It is time for individuals that do a lot of research on a lot of different things to have a platform for their presentations and different research information to be shown on. And I said to myself, I got to find this lady. Her name is Alexandria Letterpova, better known as Sasha, 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 all right? And I said, I have to find her, get her presentation because what I want to do is show her presentation. So what I want you all to do is first sit back, I want you to clear your mind, all right? I want you to get paper and pencil or pen and paper or a little note, anything that you need to do to take notes because what's going to happen here, you're going to hear some things that's going to be like, what? You can, for real? And, and what I want to do is, and what I do do is educate. This is what Diamond and Silk Chit Chat Live is all about, educating. Okay, and I want you all to be educated. If you have any questions, of course, you can email them at diamondandsilk at gmail.com. That's diamondandsilk at gmail.com. But as you're listening to this pre presentation, it's a 25-minute presentation. You can uh, put your questions in a chat, your comments in a chat. But I want you all to listen very, very closely because I believe that there is some important information in this particular presentation that will expose and disclose a lot of things that we all really need to know. We may already know for sure, but when you have other people doing different things and, and they're doing a lot of deeper research, deeper than what we can go, I think that it's time for all of us to know, okay? So once again, sit back and relax, take notes, pay attention, listen up, and then keep in mind that you can always come back to this show and re-listen again. But if you have any questions, go ahead and post them in the chat. Any comments, post them in the chat stream. I'm going to be looking at all of this stuff. But I want you all to clear your ears. And by this time, you should be finished sharing this because it's time. you, you need to share with everybody. The cats, the dogs, the birds, your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brothers, your aunties, your uncles, nephews, uh, 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 nieces. Uh, the grandbabies, everybody need to hear what's about to be shown on Diamond and Silk Chit Chat Live, okay? You should have your pens and your papers. You should be ready right now to listen to what is about to be presented to you, okay? All right, here we go. Please play the presentation. Uh, 
thank you very much, and um, thank you for all of you attending. Um, I'd like to say as an introduction, I'm a private citizen. I, I, I left the industry. I wasn't working in it. I didn't want to, and I became very concerned, and I started my own investigation because I recognized uh, my own government was lying to me, and the health officials who I previously uh, trusted and respected were uh, telling outright lies, and so I wanted to find out for myself. Um, I started, uh, my initial investigation was into, as uh, Jonathan, and we actually uh, exchanged emails with Jonathan for, for a while on this topic, it was into the um, uh, good manufacturing practice compliance in relation to these uh, products. Uh, just for you to understand what good manufacturing practice means, in practice, it applies to drugs and it applies to food and other mass-produced products that are consumed. And, uh, for example, if you're uh, buying your favorite beer today and then you go to, the, to, to buy it again um, a week from now or a month from now, your experience is the same. It shouldn't be a thousand times different experience. The same goes for... You know, the medicines like aspirin that you buy in a pharmacy, and um, again, you don't expect it to be a thousand times different uh, a week from now versus today. That's why everywhere in the developed world, most of the world, we have what's called good manufacturing practices. And as a highly regulated industry, pharmaceutical manufacturers are supposed to comply with them, and this means that the product that they claim that they make, with the ingredients that they claim that they make, is supposed to be in every vial, every shot, um, every pill, uh, over and over and over again, and they should be almost almost um, identical to each other. So that was my first investigation. And what I first found, and this was my first few months of investigation, was evidence of very bad manufacturing practices indeed um, uh, with relation to these mRNA um, injections. Uh, and to set myself a baseline on, of what a, a, a vaccine product similar uh, product should look like. I looked first at the um, VAERS, uh, which is a uh, vaccine adverse event reporting system of CDC, um, and I looked at historical flu vaccines. This is data for 30 years that exists in the database. There are dozens of manufacturers manufacturing thousands and thousands of lots uh, of this product. In the U.S., um, about 50% of the population gets the flu shot. Um, and uh, by the way, here I'm not endorsing uh, flu vaccines or any vaccines anymore because until this investiga is investigated fully, nobody should be taking anything. Uh, that's my professional opinion. But um, just to... Uh, but but ju just to give you an idea of what historically a uh, typical vaccine would look like, uh, and this is, uh, you know, as I said, data for 30 years, dozens of manufacturers. As you can see, it doesn't vary a lot. Um, the, all the adverse events on the uh, vertical axis, these are serious adverse events and deaths reported per each lot, which is just arranged on the horizontal axis. You can see that they vary very little. Um, you know, somewhere under 10 reports, there are very, very few deaths here. Uh, and the maximum we ever found was um, 37 per lot, and those were just two outliers in the whole historic period. So when I looked at the same exact graph for mRNA injections for the U.S., uh, I found this. 
and here, the whole flu data set sits below that red line. Okay, and even visually, you can see that there are three different manufacturers here. You shouldn't be able to see that. It's, they're claiming it's the same product. Um, and uh, so we see Janssen, Moderna, and Pfizer. Uh, as you can see, there were lots that had almost no adverse events reported. And see, I'm again only looking at serious adverse events and deaths. There were almost no adverse events reported uh, in some lots, and some lots had thousands, and they had hundreds of deaths. And so this, this is not good manufacturing practice compliant product at all, like at all, not even close. Uh, and then we, we later found out the sizes of the lots adjusted by the size of the lot, by the number of the doses. The, the story doesn't change. The, the picture doesn't change. There still have variations thousand times lot to lot. Uh, and here's another view, uh, as, as, you know, similar, but uh, here I'm just looking at Moderna. Uh, uh, on the horizontal axis is all the lots uh, with date of manufacture, by date of manufacture, and then on the vertical axis in blue, it's uh, serious adverse events, and orange, it's deaths. Um, so what is very strange, again, bizarre, the, the, a well-manufactured product should not look like this at all. Um, another, another point I want to make is um, uh, these products were rolled out, mass rolled out in the U.S. Uh, starting somewhere late December, early January 2021. Uh, on January 18th, Orange County, California Health Department flagged this particular lot of Moderna for what they called excessive number of allergic reactions. Uh, nothing was done about it. The injections did, were not stopped. Um, in fact, this lot was being sold all over the United States uh, until it ran out in, uh, in late March. And as you know, if there's salmonella in salad, they will recall the entire product from all the shelves in the country, right? Uh, that's what you should do. As a manufacturer, all manufacturers have systems to detect this. And majority of recalls of products are voluntary because they don't want this to happen. Yet here, nobody stopped, not the manufacturer, not the health authorities of Orange County, not the, not the CDC, FDA, whoever was supposed to monitor this. They continued selling this lot. They, uh, it, it's now associated with over 65 deaths in the U.S. and over 3,000 serious adverse events. So after something like this happens, everything that follows is intentional. And I would like to, you know, the, everybody at this point, uh, people were asking why are the regulators not acting? So they see all this data. I'm not the only one. I've collaborated with a number of people who brought the same great analysis. Uh, Jessica Rose brought numerous analysis on various data. There are hundreds of researchers literally looking at that data set and, um, you know, screaming at CDC, why don't, why don't you do anything about it? Yet they look back at us and they say, we looked at it, it's safe and effective, go get vaccinated. That's, that's, the, that's the answer everyone receives. So why? Why were they all behaving this way and why authorities in uh, Europe behave in exact same way. In South Africa, exact same way. Australia, exact same way. Why are they all following the same script? Um, what I found, ultimately, I, I met this wonderful uh, legal researcher, Catherine Watt. She writes amazing uh, substack. It's called Bailiwick News. Um, and her legal research really filled that question and that puzzle. And so uh, what we now jointly collaborate on is 
um, revealing the structure, the, the, the pseudo-legal structure, it's not lawful, they made it legal on paper only, um, of, of this criminal cartel, of government pharma, military criminal cartel, and it actually is operating all over the world. So the first, um, the, I'm, I'm now kind of talking about the US-based structure, but it does extend all over the world. So in the US, they used emergency use authorization. They kind of perverted that law that was put in place in 97. Uh, it was, um, at the time, very narrowly defined for only conditions that didn't have alternative treatment and only very severe ones. So, but they started using it very broadly, and as far as I know, uh, now almost uh, you know, hundreds of, of products have been emergency use authorized without any evidence of emergency. They just go ahead and roll over uh, everyone and, and just saying, oh no, this is emergency, we can authorize it, and no safety or efficacy testing applies. In addition to that, and this is what is less understood by, by, by everyone, is that the Department of Defense um, in the U.S. ordered all these COVID products, which includes vaccines, but also includes therapeutics, monoclonal antibodies, diagnostics, even masks and staffing. And so there was the whole huge spending uh, ordering these so-called COVID countermeasures under this contracting framework. It's called Other Transaction Authority. Um, and uh, the, uh, it was put in place in the 60s only for NASA, and uh, now 11 federal agencies use it. Department of Defense is a particular huge user of this contracting method because it allows them to contract without following any federal procurement um, rules and regulations with a lot of secrecy, um, and they can specifically order uh, products from otherwise regulated industries such as pharma without following any regulations and also without even um, disclosing IP and things like that. So it's, it's, it's a lot of secrecy. They typically use this framework to order weapons from defense contractors. But now they're using the same framework to order what they tell us is a pharmaceutical product. And finally, all this, this structure clicks into place when uh, uh, HHS secretary or uh, the, the Department of Health and Human Services in the U.S. declares uh, a pandemic or a public health emergency. And of course, they declared it immediately after the WHO declared it based on 40 cases in 8 billion people in the world. So they just decided it's time to declare a pandemic, and in the U.S. they declared public health emergency. So when all of this comes in play together, what happens is uh, there is this interesting law in the U.S., this particular um, U.S. code um, is, is cited here, which says that the use of emergency use authorized countermeasures is not a clinical investigation under public health emergency. That explains why they need to extend the public health emergency in perpetuity, because that allows them to implement this crime. Uh, and the, the, the significance of this is that if countermeasure is not, it cannot be a clinical investigational product, then no pharmaceutical regulation applies to these products. So here's the lie that our government told to us and told to the world and the governments all over the world repeated to their citizens. They were claiming that it's a health event. They were claiming that their 
producing pharmaceutical products to the good manufacturing standards when they perfectly well knew, I'm sure, I assure you they were all aware of this, they perfectly well knew that no pharmaceutical regulations apply to these things, countermeasures. So uh, this, this word countermeasure is a very interesting word. It has, it's a very fluffy definition. There's no real definition. If, I, if somebody attacks me, I pick up a rock and throw at them, that's a countermeasure. So anything can be a countermeasure. Um, they're just, it's just a, a category of things. And so, uh, uh, but once they designate them as such, they're no longer pharmaceuticals. They're just lying to you that these are pharmaceuticals. They're actually not. Uh, now, in the US also, uh, the government lied to us about this being a health event to begin with. Uh, when they told us it's a global pandemic, it's a virus, it's a virus from a uh, wet market, in reality what they did, they organized the response to it as if it was war. So in the US, um, National Security Council was put in charge of COVID pandemic response. National Security Council uh, is advisory body to the US uh, president, and it it's consists of um, defense heads and intelligence heads mostly, no healthcare representatives on it. Yet for some unknown reason, it became in charge of a so-called health event. Um, and what's even more important, and I'm, I'm using their own slides. These are not my slides. These are from the US government, Department of Defense, BARDA, and Operation Warp Speed. So here's the slide from Operation Warp Speed presentation, where they discuss the organizational structure of this effort. And it's interesting, it's an org chart, uh, and uh, it's turned on the side. So uh, as you can see, the, um, uh, who is in charge of this operation? The chief operating officer is the Department of Defense. We were told, oh, they're just, you know, doing logistics. No, no, they're not just doing logistics. They're running the whole thing. Uh, and uh, uh, HHS here is uh, chief science advisor. And now you can see also the whole structure on the top layer here. It's executive structure. It's all U.S. government, National Security Council, Department of Defense, BARDA, um, and they're doing everything. They're doing all these functions that normally pharmaceutical companies are very sensitive about. They, they normally need to design, um, design their clinical trials themselves, uh, safety monitoring themselves. All that. But here, it's the government is doing it for them. They're designing clinical trials. They're, in fact, even hiring the uh, contractors, like a clinical uh, contract research organizations to run them. Uh, they uh, have legislative affairs, so they're interacting with Congress on their behalf. And they have an Office of General Counsel, which is the Department of Justice, defending them. In fact, when you know, there was this famous uh, case where uh, Pfizer, or it was said that Pfizer or FDA didn't want to release clinical trial data for 75 years. Well, who was arguing in court on behalf of Pfizer? Pfizer lawyers were not even in the room. It was the Department of Justice. So why is US government defending presumably a private commercial interest of a pharmaceutical company. So um, here you can see that the pharmaceutical companies are a third level down. They're not in charge, but they're getting tremendous amounts of money to shut up and, and follow the orders and, and do as they're told. But the whole operation is run uh, by the Department of Defense and the U.S. government. I'm not absolving pharmas 
by the way, of any responsibility. They're criminals in this cartel and they're collaborating and they're, they're co-conspirators and should be prosecuted together. But as um, Dr. Malone um, actually mentioned, and I, I completely agree, here we have an implemented model of fascism. This is how it's done. Government merges with private corporations. You, you can't even say who's you know, wagging the dog, but they're merged. They, and then, they, and then they're lying, and then they're ex extending this liability to the uh, private commercial entities from which they then extract um, commercial interest or, or whatever, whatever interest they want to extract. So my question is, who is really manufacturing these injections? Well, uh, again, in the same presentation, Operation Warp Speed and BARDA were bragging about their vaccine manufacturing portfolio. And um, you can see that the, on the, uh, the right-hand side, um, there are, uh, they call it vaccine supporting efforts. These are all established defense contractors. The contracts for these were released uh, through FOIA and they go back to at least uh, 2012, maybe earlier. And all of these are established defense contractors who already had established a vaccine manufacturing base. And at that time it was called pan-influenza. In early 2020, they simply switched to uh, COVID. On the left-hand side, they call these vaccines. but read the words carefully they're telling you the truth on this side it's called demo all of them say demo what that's what the government ordered a demonstration which is fake by definition on the right hand side is the manufacturing these are these are the companies who are really making these products uh, another slide from uh, about a year ago uh, also from uh, barda from uh, uh, the, their public public event um, and here they're bragging about how much money they spent very quickly. Uh, so, it's, you know, U.S. government prints the money, throws it from the helicopter. Here we have half a billion uh, for one company, two billion for another company, a billion here, two billion there. You know, they spent you know four or five trillion dollars on this. Uh, and on the on the on the right hand side, you can see uh, what they bought for these billions. Again, a whole bunch of demonstrations. These are not, pro they're very carefully, these, these words are very carefully designed. They, they have legal meaning. Uh, and, and that's what they, exactly what they bought. They bought demonstrations. They spent 47 billion, and again, Barda is bragging about their achievements. 33 billion went to vaccines. This is just for the R&D for these contracts. Uh, and, uh, you know, as you can see, they funneled a, a huge amount of money through this. Uh, these are all the contracts. They're publicly available. Uh, there's a link here. Uh, this is just a screenshot. There are about 400 co uh, contracts there. As you can see, all of them say DOD. Department of Defense contracted these companies. That, that's how the money was spent. Robert Kudlick himself allocated it to his friends to make sure. Um, and it's managed through a manager, uh, Advanced Technologies International, which is the first line here. Here's Advanced Technologies International. It seems very healthcare related to me. <laughs> and and they're, they're, they're uh, long-standing DOD manager of contracts and they manage it again through OTA, I circled it up there. So uh, other transaction authority. Uh, the contracts themselves, I'm not gonna go through detail, but they're extremely um, you know, micromanaging in terms of operations, how things are gonna be done. 
They exempt uh, everyone who participates in this, regardless of where they're working. Uh, uh, as long as they're following the orders, they're exempt from liability under PrEP Act clause. Uh, that same PrEP Act clause uh, states that um, this is dual-use uh, civil and military application product. Now, for the international, um, that's how they exempt themselves internationally, is Pfizer forced um, the countries, or, or, well, negotiated with Ursula, uh, specifically by text, to, uh, to sign these predatory contract clauses uh, where the, the, the local governments have to lift good manufacturing practice requirements or any uh, drug importation requirements and look the other way. And uh, in fact, if you citizens get injured and then you sue, your, you sue Pfizer in Sweden, then Swedish government has to indemnify them and put state assets such as military ba bases, embassies, and other state assets as a collateral. So somebody asked me, why would a private pharma manufacturer want a military base overseas? And I said, well, that's because it's the U.S. government who wants that base, not the private commercial manufacturer. Um, and uh, they also remove, essentially, national sovereignty by prohibiting the country from changing their own national laws with regard to the pharma liability. Um, they also, while they're saying that, you know, if the product is non-conforming, it's basis for, uh, you know, dissolution of this contract, they also prohibit testing of product on importation. So to date, nobody still knows what's in those vials. Like they didn't know at the time of, of the approval, they still don't know. We still have that variability between the batches. We still know that there are clustering of deaths in some uh, geographies and um, some others are, are uh, totally, totally seem to be fine. So uh, we still do not know what's happening with the product itself. And here's just a, to show you a couple of these contracts, um, Pfizer. Uh, I just want to emphasize the scale, the, the scope of the pro of the of the proposal for this uh, contract is large-scale vaccine manufacturing demonstration. The uh, specific uh, specific clause here uh, about the scope of the project specifically says that preclinical clinical trials, chemistry manufacturing controls, which is all of those compliance issues and regulatory compliance are out of scope of this product. The government never bought it, the government never ordered it, never gave them money for it, and there is no way to enforce it because they also absolve them from all liabilities through the uh, PrEP clause. Uh, a Moderna contract is just uh, showing you that, uh, sorry, it's a small language, but um, the, the, that it's, it gives them PrEP Act uh, clause uh, liability protection and uh, this is both civil and military application. And um, so what, what really happened here is that vaccine development and approval, why, what, what, what were they doing when doing this? Well, what they they doing? They were play acting. They never had to follow those regulations by, by law that they wrote themselves. It's an illegal law. It's, it's not lawful. It's not constitutional. But they made it legal on paper that they don't have to do them. Yet they went and had, had and did them in collaboration with FDA and CDC and all other agencies. And that was just to convince you, the public, that it really is a pharmaceutical product where it, it actually is not. Um, the clinical trials were never ordered. Um, the, uh, the good manufacturing practice compliance was never ordered. 
And, you know, legally speaking, there were no, never even clinical trial subjects or investigators because if you cannot have an investigational uh, product, then there is no investigation. So FDA leadership and then global regulatory leadership, what they did, they impersonated the regulators so that you fall for this lie and, and go get injected. Um, and uh, finally, Pfizer already invoked this in their, as a legal defense. Um, there, you know, if you maybe heard about Brooke Jackson's case in the U.S., uh, she's suing Pfizer under False Claims Act that they defrauded the government. Well, Pfizer already uh, filed motion to dismiss. The case hasn't been dismissed yet, uh, but Pfizer already in court stated that, please dismiss this case, judge. We did not defraud the government. We delivered the fraud that the government ordered. <laughs> Wow. What, okay, let me get her wrong. Okay. <clears throat> she holds an MBA degree, is a former pharmaceutical R&D executive who has spent 25 years in the pharmaceutical industry and has conducted clinical trials for over 60 pharmaceutical clients worldwide. Please welcome to the show, Ms. Alexandria Letopova, better known as Sasha. Hello, ma'am. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, so thank you for inviting me. Oh my God. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for taking the time to do that research. I know that we all have a lot of questions, but that particular uh, presentation was so profound to me because, you know, people have been looking for answers, trying to understand it, and you had it all right there in that presentation. Now, let me just uh, say something about something you just said at the very end. You said that Pfizer stated in court to please dismiss the case. We did not defraud the government. We delivered the fraud that the government ordered. Uh, how do you explain that? I mean, I know it came, you said it came from Pfizer, okay? But how, how are we supposed to process that as American citizens with knowing that our own government have a hand in our own demise? What say you? Yeah, it's a very difficult message to, um, to give to people, but many people do understand it. You know, first of all, the, the, that statement I made about Pfizer motion to dismiss, it's a paraphrase, obviously motion to dismiss is a huge document. And, but the gist of it was this, because what they did, they referred to the agreement that I was showing. And that's the first time we saw that agreement in public. So yeah. the achievement of Brooke Jackson's case was to even get them to, to cough up that agreement, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yes. And, and so they referred immediately to that agreement and said, look, we were ordered to do a demonstration by the US government. So what do you want from us, basically? Um, and that that opened many people's eyes. That was a huge blow to a lot of people's confidence in the US government. And I, I was, you know, I already knew that all of this was fraudulent, but, and I was trying to speak up uh, and put my research out there, but I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't have a social, huge social media presence. I never did. I, I'm, a, I'm a retired citizen. 
And, um, you know, so uh, I, I now have a little bit more following, but still few people know. Um, yeah. And I know whenever is, I was looking at the when I was looking at the presentation and I saw I was like this needs to be out. You know how long mm -hmm. did it take you to to do your research and compound everything the way that you did? How long did it take you to do that? Uh, this was over uh, I mean close to two years probably because I did I had a bulk of it at the beginning with the batches and and various data and doing the contract review of the um, available FOIA documents that, that started coming out. But I couldn't understand why, you know, the big question was why is nobody paying attention? There were so many deaths. It was horrible. It was horrible to count the bodies for two years, I tell you. I, you know, I, my heart breaks. When I, re I read those reports, I read a lot of them. I read reports about pregnant women, children. It's extremely heartbreaking. And nobody was paying attention, nobody at the official level. And they were all with the straight face lying to us for years. Uh, so, yeah. and I couldn't understand why, how, how they could do that. And then finally, um, Catherine Watts analysis brought it all home to me because she compiled the legal history of this and how they were mm -hmm. able to, to, to make this structure of the pseudo legal, like these are illegal laws they should be completely repealed by Congress and they could do it. They have the power to do it right now. Um, but they made it legal on paper that they could do this. But see, these laws, they were, mm -hmm. this was during, I'm, I'm trying to remember back, during Clinton time, whenever he implemented something, then Obama came up back and implemented. It's like, this is not something that just happened. This oh, is something yeah. that's been planned. Yes, it went, it went, it goes back in the earliest one. I, I had a discussion with Catherine. Um, the earliest, you know, sort of directly related to this public health emergency business is um, one was done under Reagan, actually, it was in 83, uh, the public health emergency. So the, the it's, a, it's a 1944 law, but they changed, amended it to create this ability of the government to declare public health emergency and implement uh, started implementing this structure. And unfortunately, these changes and these illegal laws were put in place under both uh, parties. It doesn't matter yeah. whether it's Republicans or Democrats, they were all doing the same exact thing and giving themselves these extraordinary powers and letting the executive branch usurp all power. And uh, Congress actually gave up their power, which th they yeah. don't have power the to do. Branch gave up their party to the executive branch to where the legislation is. They, the the Congress is supposed to write the laws. They're supposed to write it, uh, the, and that's the legislative branch. But with them just giving up their power to the executive branch, that means one person can come in, like you got Jim Crow Joe Biden coming in, just writing up all these executive orders, and they're trying to make this stuff law. When to me, I feel it's unconstitutional because Congress mm -hmm. did not make these laws, but they're going right along right along yeah. and it's like nobody is, is is calling these people out for what they i feel is illegally doing absolutely and and not only that the treasury actually under this public health emergency remember when they authorized trillions and trillions of dollars in so-called covid covid uh funding or covid response so they told everyone to stop working shut down small businesses then treasury started issuing huge amounts of money they printed uh, $5 trillion 
for this and started sending money directly to uh, all uh, state and local level government. Uh, and these are direct treasury contracts with towns and counties. And these contracts say that here's the money and you have to sign up to all future executive orders to, to implement all future executive orders. Think about how illegal this is. You, right now I'm giving you $100 and you have to comply with all my demands forever. This is oh signing yourself. Yeah, this is so signing yourself to slavery. Exactly. That's the reason why a lot of these governors implement all of these draconian measures because it's mm -hmm. coming down from the federal government because the federal government gave them money and said, mm -hmm. you got to do it this way in order for you to get this money. Mm -hmm. And not only now, forever. Uh, and, and so oh, that's, wow. that's explained. Yeah, that explains why, you know, you had these all these draconian mask mandates, why the towns are going after churches yes. while they're while they're surveilling them, while they're shutting down the businesses, shutting down gyms and small restaurants and all that and putting people out of work. Why? Because they're getting paid for this. And this is the condition of their payment. Same with the hospitals. Yes. Having, have and then calling everything COVID, COVID. Look, it's, it's, it's all been a scam. This is this has all been a scam. I, I am, so, so first off, how many times have you been called a conspiracy theorist? <laughs> More than they can count, but they don't okay. care. <laughs> uh, join the club, sweetie. I've been called the same thing. So now let me understand this. When they take, because of all of these rules that they, they done made up now over the years, when they take and they do this emergency use, this uh, EUA for a particular uh, product, all right? That's, let's just use the, the quote unquote vaccine, which I call a bioweapon, but let's mm -hmm. say, let's call it what they, they uh, done deemed it as, as a vaccine. So when they put that under an EUA, when the FDA put it under emergency use, that means that you don't have to show its efficacy or uh, you, don't, you don't have to show any data on that particular product because it's under EUA. So here's my question. Can that product that the FDA put under EUA, can that one product now, the ingredients in that product be changed without the FDA approval? Well, they're, they, they, um, I should say it, under this framework that they're utilizing, specifically EUA, it's not just the EUA, it's EUA under public health emergency and countermeasures. So like three things have to, it, that's why they're keeping it like this. So it's, it's under public health emergency, we have EUA authorized countermeasures. It's a key word. So when that happens, no regulations apply whatsoever, no pharma regulations. So they can do whatever they like. And in fact, they, they do, they do um, in the contracts even, there is evidence that they were shipping um, at the beginning, they were shipping numerous different formulations. While they redact them, uh, you can tell that they are actually different line items. Uh, okay. And so, we, yeah. 
Well, okay, so so when you talk about the manufacturing practices, this mm -hmm. explains it because the the manufacturing practices was not being implemented. These people had made up some stuff. This is what I'm hearing from you, okay? That they made up some stuff, all right? They put it under all of the disguise of all of this stuff, that, like EUA and, and the countermeasures and all of that. You said, just said that it was a different lots, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Of this yeah. different vaccine. But then you also said in your presentation how whenever this particular, the companies are to sell like the flu vaccine. If three different companies is making that one type product, then each company has to use the same ingredients in that one product, okay? But you could tell basically off of that, that, that graph that you show on how evidently the ingredients was different from the different mm -hmm. companies because one had one had more allergic reaction. One, some of the lots had more allergic reactions than other. But then you mm -hmm. also said something that was key. When they find uh, bacteria or something in a salad, in the lettuce, they recall that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. with all of the adverse effects, that has happened with all of the death and the sudden death and everything that's going on, why won't they recall these so-called vaccines? Yeah, that to me, that was the that was the main evidence of that this was intentional. Because even uh, people are saying, oh, you know, VAERS and VAERS reports are, you know, it does, it's not proof that this is by this vaccine. But I, I tell you, if you see for, for you know, I, I look specifically at Florida because Florida Surgeon General, Dr. Ladapo, was the yes. first public health official who actually noticed and wrote a letter to the CDC and said, what's going on in the state of Florida? We have 4,000% increase in the uh, adverse events. And I went That's into VAERS and I looked specifically for Florida. So Florida had for all the years before 2020 or 2021, when they rolled out the, the injections, they had about five, uh, five to six deaths reported from all vaccines. This is hundred vaccine products for 20 mm -hmm. years. We're looking at Florida, they had five or six deaths total for the whole state reported every year uh, from all vaccines. We come to 21, and uh, all of a sudden we have increase of 7,000%. We now have a between 20, um, uh, so we have between uh, 20, 21 and 22 for total for COVID vaccines. We have about 600 deaths re reported for Florida. So that's a 7,000% increase in deaths reports from year to year. And how is this, how, you know, how can you with a straight face say that, oh, you know, it doesn't really prove it. Okay, and then I looked at overall for the for all of the various reports for COVID vaccines. I looked at deaths within three days of vaccinations. Within three days, okay, somebody gets injected. Three days later, they, uh, within three days, they're dead. So mm -hmm. that alone is ten thousand deaths, and four thousand are on the same day, the same day that they are injected. Four thousand people. Wow. Okay, if you if we had for a, a year and a half, we have people going to Starbucks 
And then 4,000 of them are dead on the day that they went to Starbucks. Wouldn't that be interesting to investigate? Hello? Uh, close, they closed down uh, uh, Bluebell, uh, the ice cream company. They closed them down when they found something in their manufacturing company, closed them all the way down. So yes, mm -hmm. it would be something for them to do that. You know, the, mm -hmm. other, the other day, about a few weeks ago, I had another doctor on, Dr. Tenpenny, and she mentioned how up the, 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 that these people can change up to 49% of their ingredients within these mm -hmm. shops without FDA approval. And they, and you know, the left called themselves fat checking me, but it appears that they can change all of their ingredients. They can change without, everything, yeah. Without FDA approval because of the way that they have this here set up. Yeah, and okay. nobody, nobody, yeah, yeah, nobody knows what's in that on in those vials, and there's no evidence that they conform to the labels at all, at all. I can talk about that as well because I'm I'm aware of a lot of testing of the vials that people have done. But yet they come out and tell the people that it's safe and effective. So how do mm -hmm. they know it's safe and effective? What they basically mm -hmm. did is lie. Mm -hmm. they, they don't, they're lying. As I, as I uh, pointed out, FDA is under uh, orders from the Department of Defense. So as the whole U.S. government and particularly executive branch is organized for war, which they never told the U.S. public. Uh, right. And in, in that structure, the FDA reports to the DOD, all the executive uh, branch agencies report to the DOD and they just follow the orders. So in the contracts, it's also specifically says that, uh, in fact, there, there are numerous agreements where FDA is agreeing with the DOD that we will do anything that essentially, we will do anything that you tell us. And so they, they tell them to stand down and they stand down. They don't perform regulatory function as they're supposed to. They're simply performing a, a fraudulent communications function where they're telling the US public that everything is good and this is safe and effective, but in fact, they're lying. So then when you have Joe Biden now want to hand over our sovereignty to the WHO, which, yeah. which I, I believe is ran by China, and uh, he, they want to do that, it's like it's a game of evil, demonic people that's trying to kill us. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's what I, that's what it that's what it looked like. They are murderers. They are murder trying to murder people uh, mm -hmm. through this particular system that they have set up. Is what it looks like to me. Yeah, absolutely. It needs to be treated as a crime, as a crime of, of mass murder and attempted murder, and that's what I've I've been writing about. Because when you see so many bodies piled up, I actually don't really care what's in, in their heads and why they're doing it. I just know that they're killing lots and lots of people. And so this needs to stop. And we have an ongoing mass murder. And so that's what needs to be investigated. That's, that what, that's what I'm speaking about and my colleagues are. And I, and I, I don't know why this hasn't stopped. And, and nobody in Congress has interest, even though we have talked to several Congress people about this. Nobody has interest in bringing this up. Well, keep in mind, Congress have exempted itself from taking this jab. 
Okay. Then I'm hearing that it's still being forced on people and that before, I believe it's a tennis player can even come over into our country. They want him to have a jab, but you got all of these doggone illegal aliens just walking freely into our country and they're not even testing them from my understanding. And now it's, it, it brings me to this question when I talk about, when you talk about the DOD and them, you're telling me that they're basically colluding with China, possibly? Yeah, well, yes. So there's definitely a collaboration with China going on. I wrote about this. Specifically, uh, they're co-investors into the Pfizer product. Uh, Pfizer has several several investors, but the key ones are Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They invested in them uh, numerous times, but it's, my earlier contract is from 2018, and then they invested in later years. Uh, then uh, Chinese large, huge actually conglomerate called Fosun, uh, and it has Fosun Pharmaceuticals as part of it, invested in the same uh, BioNTech Pfizer deal right before COVID pandemic months before it. And uh, Fosun is actually a CCP controlled company. In fact, all large pharmaceutical companies in China are controlled by CCP, that's not surprising. So we have uh, BioNTech, Pfizer, Fosun, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, all co-invested and within five months, Department of Defense gives them $10 billion in contracts. Okay. Department of Defense gave him $10 billion. Wait a minute. Was that under Trump? Yes, that was under that, Trump. That was under Trump with the um, warp speed or something like that, right? Yeah. All right. But keep in mind that Mike Pence was over warp speed. Not Trump, but Mike Pence. And we all know about Mike Pence. Go ahead. What were you about to say? Well, I should say that, you know, I understand that Trump is not specialist. He probably was deceived by this. I'm, I'm very sure he was deceived by this. Uh, but there were a lot of people all over this for years and it was pre-planned and it, it's a huge, huge uh, operation that didn't start with Operation Warp Speed. It started years before. Now, right. unfortunately, uh, President Trump took very unfortunate position uh, where he is not talking about it. In fact, he's praising these shots. He's saying that they're safe and effective. And so he's repeating the same lies that we're hearing from the FDA, even though it's way past due time to say something about it. So while right. I'd like to give the benefit of a doubt, I, 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 I think it's, it's, re, it's becoming a really difficult situation and it's, it's, it's time to start telling the truth. Yeah, from my understanding, he did say something, but here's the deal. The media is not going to show it, okay? Mm -hmm. He did say something about how Americans are being poisoned. He did say that. And he have not mm -hmm. said anything about the shots in a while. However, I do believe that Trump was deceived. I believe that President Trump, okay, what was I looking at? His eye was monoclonal antibodies for all Americans. He wanted whatever he had, they gave him in a hospital, he wanted Americans to have. And when they signed that contract for Pfizer, it's supposed to have been effective. It's supposed to have been safe and effective. And that's what uh, President Trump was looking for, okay? That's, that's from, from, you know, my research, okay? But now they did not give Trump the credit for it. 
but they gave it to Biden when Biden stole the election, when they team stole the election after November the 3rd, right? So they gave credit to, to Biden. Here's the deal. President Trump is not in the lab making this junk, okay? But when I see how Biden lied back in 2020 and said that he would not mandate this and then turned around in 2021 and started pushing mandates on people, and then now that I'm doing my research right now, I know that he's in cahoots and collusion with this stuff or something because to take and restrict therapeutic medicines. See, President Trump wanted therapeutic medicines. Biden restricted therapeutic medicines from the people. Now, I love President Trump, and I'm going to take up for President Trump. However, I do believe that it's, it's time for him to speak out a lot more as it pertains mm -hmm. to Americans being poisoned by this junk, okay? I do believe that. It's, and it's time for all of us to continue to speak out. But yeah. it, 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 the deal is people are falling dead suddenly around here. And, I, and like you talk about, when it comes down to Congress, our senators, uh, our leaders, our so-called leaders that's supposed to be the leader over, over the people, they're somewhere quiet. And I'm mm -hmm. not hearing enough. They're talking about all of this stuff. We need to talk about why is American citizens falling dead around here, period. What are they falling dead from? And how is it that we were doing okay before all of this, and now when you start implementing these jabs, people are having adverse uh, uh, effects, be, uh, be, and they're dying behind this. A lot of stuff is going on. So I think mm -hmm. that somebody need to go ahead on and speak up that's in position to speak up. But then who's holding who hostage? Who's holding well, who hostage where some people can't even speak about this? And see, yeah, the, you, I've, been, I've been speaking about this here. My sister and I have been speaking about this. But now that my sister has passed on and I have all of her medical records, I know what happened. And we talk about the shedding of all of this, this bio weapon that was created to spread. I don't I don't give a damn about none of these people. As long as I have breath in my body, I'm going to call every last one of these evil bastards out and tell them, I hope you burn in hell. Because what you're doing is destroying families. They know about this. And it was yeah. all in their plans. Yeah, they, they do. And and they, they absolutely know about this. This is never this was never a secret. Even before I the reason I got so concerned about it because this uh product, mRNA DNA uh gene therapies, it was in development for over 20 years, maybe close to 30 years. Yeah. And all of them they, they they could never they could never put it on the market because they could never comply with any with any safety requirements or good manufacturing practice requirements. It's not possible to make these products to GMP standards. And so they all knew about it. The FDA knew about it, manufacturers knew about it. The the, the reason they, the only reason they were able to put it on the market is by using the, this fraudulent uh legal system where none of these rules apply. So, so that's and and they're patting themselves on the back for huge success, you know, for making so much money, and for yeah. and now they're killing the people and they absolutely don't care. Uh, so, so that's that's my point. Congress needs to act. They they, yes. they need to repeal these laws. They need to say this is unconstitutional. I heard 
Member of we Congress can shut this all down right now. Yes, they can. They can. They absolutely can. They can say we have the power because they do have the power, and they can say all of this is unconstitutional and has to go. But they don't. And I, and and we have been trying to get in touch with with many Congress people and some prominent names, which I won't name right now. And we gave them all this information. I have um, a 700 megabyte folder that we've compiled on all this non whatever I just explained to you. We have all the documentation for this and the legal history and everything and explaining what these are the statutes that you need to repeal. And, and they don't want to speak about it. They understand it. When, I, when you talk to them, they understand it, but they yeah. don't want to. Yeah. Okay. So it's it, what's going to have to happen is, is it's going to be a call to action. My diamond dream team is going to have to get, get their little fingers ready. We're going to have to start doing some phone calling up there for them to tell them to take this mess off the market, remove this stuff because having been tested, it's not, it's not, we can clearly see it's not safe and the efficacy is not up there. Like they lied and said it was 90 something percent or 80 something percent, and it don't stop the spread of anything. If anything, it's spreading a lot of bull crap and it's mutating and causing more people to get sick and die. So mm -hmm. we can clearly see what's going on here. Yeah, this is crazy right here. Look, baby, my time is about up. Let everybody know how they can follow you. I'm going to get you back on the show because I got a, a lot more stuff that we got to talk about, especially with you doing this type of detailed research. And, and for me, I'm like a geek in the book. I, I like to go in and see what is what and try to analyze this thing. But at the end of the day, our own from within is killing us. Okay, go ahead and say where you where they can follow you at for I start cussing. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so I write on Substack, so you can have all my publications on Substack, they're available for free. I, I have optional subscription if people feel like supporting my work, and this will make it easier for me to do research, uh, they can subscribe, but uh, my new articles are all available uh, in free access. And it's uh, my, my name, Sasha Latipova, all one word, dot substack.com. Uh, and also, I recently was able to reopen my Twitter account. I was banned <laughs> almost right away when I started speaking. And I never had, I had like 300 followers and they banned me. And only now I was able to uh, restart it. I'm going to be on Twitter spaces on Friday evening yeah. with Ian Vander still. So uh -huh. uh, you, you can find me there as well. Wonderful. Sasha, Miss Alexandria, uh, Latipov. Po Pova, I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. I am going to have you back. I pray that God keep you protected and keep me protected. And you know, every day at 1121 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we do pray. So we will be praying for you. Keep doing what you do. Do not give up. We need you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Oh, wow. You all, we got a lot to talk about. And so I got to get ready, get ready to go. But look, make sure you go to mypillow.com. Okay. Use promo code diamond. Uh, they have those slippers. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a closeout sale that they have going on over there. $150 slippers that you can get for $25. You all it's a closeout sale right there at mypillow.com. Use promo code diamond and get those slippers for $25.
$25 for some beautiful slippers that used to be $150. Look, you can't beat that. Okay. All right. Once again, keep in mind that every day at 1121 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we start what we're doing. We pray. I pray for you. You pray for me. We pray for this country. And now I got to pray for my enemies, the enemies that seek to kill me. The only thing I can say is that I pray that God move them the hell out the way so they can get the hell out of my life and leave us the hell alone. All right. So in the meantime and in between time, I look forward to seeing you next time right here on Diamond and Silk Chit Chat Live. Bye-bye. You're watching Lindell TV.